everyone. Welcome to Dig Deep Podcast. I have never been one of those people to obsess over the lives of celebrities. I have friends who know all about their favorite celebrities. They know where they live and what their favorite foods are, and they know who's married to who. And I have just never been able to keep up with any of that. I've never been too interested in the lives of celebrities until I discovered a little show. You may have heard of it. It's called Fixer Upper. And if you're not familiar, this is a show on HGTV, which I'm also not super familiar with, but that a friend introduced me to this show said, you'll love this. They were right. This show is about a married couple who has this business. They've had it for years where they help people buy homes that are a fixer upper. And then the husband is a contractor who can do a lot of, he has a whole team of people that can gut and renovate the house. And his wife is an interior designer who creates the concept for the house and the interior and then designs and decorates the home and they take these nasty homes and make them incredibly beautiful and the families are all super happy. And so it sounds like your great normal HGTV show, but it is sweeping the nation. It's been on for a couple years now. It's sweeping the nation and and I know that the reason it is so popular is this couple, Chip and Joanna Gaines. They are the hosts and stars of the show. They're a married couple with four kids. They're just an incredible family. And they have this chemistry that is just contagious. And people love, love, love to watch them and watch the show, me included. And I have this weird thing where I know it probably sounds crazy and probably a little creepy. But I just know, like for real, I know that if I were to meet them, we'd be best friends. I mean, I just can tell from watching them on TV that if we were to run into them, which not to say that I've had this specific daydream, but that we would maybe be visiting Texas and we would visit their store or the silos where it's another version of their store. And we would run into them because it'd be one of those days, you know, where they just happened to be there and we would chat and it would be like, we've known each other forever. And of course they would invite us over to the farmhouse for dinner and we'd have dinner and our kids would play. And then we would, be lifelong friends and our kids would intermarry and we would be buried next to each other in the same cemetery. Literally, okay, and I know that sounds super creepy, probably a little crazy, but here's the most hilarious thing about this. While I've had that daydream, every other person that I've talked to who watches the show has the exact same daydream. They all say the same things that I've thought in my own head where they're like, I don't know. I just know that like if I were to meet them, I just have this feeling that we would be friends. And so it makes me laugh because I realize it's probably more, has more to do with them than the, actually, than the actual chemistry that any of us would have with them. But there is a big difference between knowing a lot about someone, maybe so much that you even feel like you know them, than truly knowing them and having a relationship with them. I was looking in the Old Testament at a story with my daughter last week, and it's the story of Samuel. And it starts in the book of 1 Samuel. And if to give you a little history, if you're not familiar with Samuel's story, Samuel was a prophet of God in the Old Testament, meaning he spoke with God and shared God's word with the people. Well, Samuel was born to a woman named Hannah, who was married and was devastated because she couldn't have children. For years, she couldn't have children. And so she would go to the temple and pray and beg of God and weep and ask God to give her a child. And then finally, on one of these trips to the temple, she's weeping and praying, and she makes a deal with God and says, if you give me a child, if you give me a son, 
He will work in your house all the days of his life. I will bring him back to the church and he will minister to the people and work in the church all his life. And God blesses her and she gets pregnant and gives birth to Samuel. And pretty much right after he's weaned, she takes him to the temple and he spends the rest of his childhood there. She just comes to visit him. And so we pick up on the story in 1 Samuel, starting in chapter 3. Samuel lives in the temple. The priest at the time is a guy named Eli, who is serving as Samuel's teacher and mentor, and of course the priest for that temple. So it says in verse 2, One night Eli, the priest, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. And then verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And that seems kind of crazy to me because Samuel literally lived in church. He was sleeping next to the ark of God which was like a precious box that held the artifacts of the faith, the Ten Commandments and other precious artifacts. He's sleeping right next to it. But it says he did not yet know the Lord. When God calls to Samuel, he doesn't even recognize his voice. He's pretty much lived in the church his whole life, but he doesn't recognize God's voice when it calls to him. Several years ago, I was in, I was leading a Bible study and there was this awesome girl in the Bible study. I was just meeting her for the first time. Now we've become lifelong friends, even though she's moved away, we're going to stay in touch. And she had spent a lot of time in and out of church growing up, was pretty familiar with some things about church, but she had never really read the Bible for herself. And I loved that one week I had, I sort of said, this is the passage we're going to read this week on our own, you know, come back next week and we're going to discuss it and talk about it. And the next week when she came back, I loved how raw and real she was because she said, I actually kept reading past the passage, the end of the passage that you assigned. Is that okay? And I said, of course that's okay. And everybody smiled and said, yeah, that's okay, girl. Read, read and read and read and read and read on. But she didn't even know. She had grown up thinking that maybe you need to do what the priest tells you to do. And that's one of the things that I think is so interesting is that when, when Samuel does get called to by the Lord, his default is to go to Eli, is to assume, well, if God does want to speak to me, then it's going to be through the priest. And certainly God uses priests and pastors to deliver messages from him to his people, but he wants more than that with us. He wants us to read and know his word and have a relationship with him. And maybe you can relate to all of that on on some level because maybe you've been in church your whole life, but maybe there's not that relationship there. And I do think it's so interesting that Samuel is sleeping next to the ark of God. I mean, in the tabernacle itself. And we don't know why he's sleeping there. Maybe 
That's where Eli told him to sleep. And so maybe for you, that's why you go to church is because somebody told you that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to church. It's a good thing to do. But maybe he was there because he was fascinated by it. I mean, it was covered in gold and had these cherubim, these angels on top. Maybe it was just really interesting and fascinating to him. And maybe that's what has drawn you to church in the past or or has you in church now. Or maybe Samuel had affection for the church. Maybe he loved the smell of the incense or he loved the glow of the candles in the tabernacle. And maybe he just found it soothing to be in that place. And maybe that's what church is like for you. But the difference between knowing a lot about God and knowing God is the difference between us having real healing and real relationship and just having a religion. Jesus wants to speak to you directly. It says in verse 8, So the Lord called to Samuel a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And that started a conversation that lasted all of Samuel's life. We see in verse 19, that it says, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. Those words of speak, Lord, your servant is listening, started a conversation that lasted a lifetime and blessed not only Samuel, but all the people that he came in contact with. And so I hope that whether you've been in church your whole life, or maybe you're just investigating faith for the first time, or maybe you're anti-church and you, you are just starting to consider it, please hear me and when I say that God is calling you specifically by name. A picture that comes to mind for me is being in a crowded metro station. And people are buzzing back and forth and you get on different trains and you have different places to be and different people to interact with. And there's Jesus and he's in the metro station with you and you start to take notice of him and and he's really interesting character. And so you, you watch what he's doing. You try to overhear conversations that he has. You're fascinated by him. And and through that process, maybe you learn a lot about him, about, about what he stands for and who he is But the good news is Jesus is in that metro station inviting you to go outside with him and start a conversation. And that's exactly what Jesus does in Mark chapter 7 in the Bible. Starting in verse 32, it says, A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to Jesus, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man and heal him. Jesus led the man away from the crowd so they could be alone. Then Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, and then spitting on his own fingers, Jesus touched the man's tongue. 
Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means be opened. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly, and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. Jesus led this man away from the crowd, away from the chaos of life, away from his friends and his family, away from everything, so they could have a conversation and so Jesus could heal him. And he gives the man back the ability to hear clearly and to speak clearly. There are things in your life and in my life that God wants to heal. And he wants to do that through a personal relationship with you. He wants to start a conversation that leads to healing. In his book, The Pursuit of God, which I highly recommend if you need a swift kick in the pants especially, A.W. Tozer writes, The soul has eyes with which to see and ears with which to hear. Feeble they may be from long disuse, but by the life-giving touch of Christ, they are now alive and capable of sharpest sight and most sensitive hearing. So as we wrap up today, this is your try it today challenge. Spend 30 minutes alone with Jesus. Grab a Bible, grab your phone, download the Bible app, the YouVersion app, and spend 30 minutes alone in prayer and time reading the Bible. Whether If this is your first time ever doing this, or this is something you've done every day for years, or something you used to do, but maybe life has gotten chaotic and you haven't done it in a while, your try it today is to take 30 minutes and steal away with Jesus to talk to him. And you can do this whether you are a Christian, a Christ follower, or if you're just investigating him for the first time. Get away for 30 minutes. And so maybe this means that you find some corner to hide in during your lunch break. Or maybe it means when you come home from work today, you ask your spouse if there's a way you can have 30 minutes to yourself before bed. Or maybe the best option is to set your alarm for 30 minutes earlier tomorrow morning to have 30 minutes alone with Jesus. In the midst of the chaos that is life, he's calling your name. Samuel, Jessica, Nick, Michael, Sarah. He's calling you to come to him and be alone because he has a conversation with you that he wants to start through his word and through his Holy Spirit that will lead to your healing. So try that today. And we would love to hear how you are practicing that, how you are trying it today. I would love to hear stories of all of the weird places you people find to hide from your friends and family. I want to hear about the closets that you hide in or the piece of furniture that you squeeze behind. If you want to take a picture of where you are applying this and send it to us, we would love to hear your stories of how you are applying this and especially what God is doing in your life through it. So you can contact us. If you go to jessalston.com, you can use the contact page. We'd love to hear. Of course, you can do this on social media as well. We'd love to hear how you are trying this today and how it's impacting your life. Thanks for being with us today. We look forward to next week where we're kicking off a two-part series where I will actually be interviewing my two sisters. For those of you that don't know me, I'm one of five. Three of us are girls. 
and our relationships have become quite interesting as we've grown up. And we're going to be talking about relationships and how to love one another the way Christ wants us to. So hope you'll tune in for that. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.